<laughs> All right. Greetings and happy Tuesday. This is the Desiree Show for Stowns and Flip Tricks. It is the 12th day of June. Uh, and here we are at Dash Radio. So uh, summer's here, um, and I'm super excited. I've got an awesome, a really, really special guest in studio. Uh, but I'm going to do a quick... Um, I just got to say, yesterday was a longtime friend's uh, birthday, and he's no longer with us. And I, Andy Kessler, you're always with us. Um, I think about you all the time, and uh, I'm grateful for yesterday, the day you were born. I just wish you were still here with us. Uh, and some uh, skateboarding lost, uh, you know, someone real special um, the last few days as well. And I just want to send um, lots of love and prayers. Um, uh, to Mark Hubbard's family. Um, Monk will be missed um, immensely. And he's uh, the founder of Grindline Skate Parks. And anyways, he was uh, always involved in the community and also giving back, um, obviously, to skateboarding. So anyways, um, so without further ado, though, I'm going to switch switch links. I, ha- I have to say that. I'm sorry to start the show off that way. And I do want to say I did start off with the little black flags but I did want to start with some circle jerks, live fast, die young, but <laughs> I didn't. But um, now this guy I've got in studio is, he's a legend. He's an icon. Uh, he really doesn't need any introduction. So we're going to just go kind of straight. He's a, he's a straight shooter. He's raw. He's a personality. He's a host of Love Letters to Skateboarding. Um, he's a color commentator for the Vans park series now as well. He's got his own vert ramp at Vans, which I don't know many people can say that they do. Uh, and he's uh, quite a skateboarding historian. So, uh, and he's, he's rolling his eyes right now. Um, no, but there's no other than the one and only Mr. Jeff Grosso. Jeff, thanks so much for coming in. Hi, Desiree. <laughs> You're laughing at my intro, huh? <laughs> I, it's just, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Forever connected to Black Flag, which is not a bad thing. Well, no. What would be your song? Oh, I have no idea. Well, what 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 <laughs> song were you listening to when you came up? I was listening to Stern, actually. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, right. Things have changed, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I was just listening to Stern. Um, yeah, it's good to be here. It's nice to see you. Yeah, you too. Always. Um, yeah, and you know, I didn't mention that you also. I mean, there's. Uh, God, there's a collection of videos and magazine covers and magazine photos of you, obviously. And, you know, I don't even need to mention that because people do know that about you. But And you've got some really special, like, shaving face assets as well, I think. What? what, what? <laughs> what? I'm flashing Sha- back. I'm flashing shaving back. Face. <laughs> shaving eyebrows. Oh, shaving eyebrows. <laughs> um. I've been in skateboarding a very long time. I've been making an ass of myself in skateboarding for a very long time. Can I cuss? Yeah, you can. You can. Yes. I've been making a fucking asshole nuisance of myself since day one. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's what skateboarding is, right? Teenage rebellion. You know, it is. It really is. I think I was talking to someone about that a few days ago or a few weeks ago, actually, of just sort of we were outlaws. I was an outlaw. Um, skateboarders were outlaws. Even when I competed in snowboarding, we were outlaws because it was all skaters that when skateboarding kind of died and sort of always shock value with people. And it's so different now. 
the Olympics. It's, it's <laughs> on NBC. It's, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's great and it's, it's weird. What, what are your thoughts now? What is it? I mean, how, how do you, how do you view it now? We are on the cusp of becoming sport <laughs> is what we are. And, um, you know, there, you know, big money's involved, whatever it's, it's, uh, it's insane is what it is. It's going to be a really interesting next, uh, decade as far as, uh, skateboarding goes, you know, the, the industry or the activity of like how it's going to morph and change, uh, you know, uh, we were all fortunate enough to, to get in on it on the ground floor, so to speak. And so we've seen it grow from a fad to what it is today. And there's a lot of controversy behind that, you know, um, People want to, people, you know, you go to the high school party, you want to stay at the party, you know, you want to stay having a good time. So people, people sell it down the river and, you know, grab for the buck and do all kinds of strange shit, you know, like whatever it's, it's a, it's a fucking shit show is what it is, uh, you know, um, you, you know, you want to rush it out onto the, onto the world stage or whatever, um, and present it as sport, then you probably should have like tidied up and actually made it into a sport before you offered it up to them. They, they kind of put the cart in front of the horse, uh, you know, and then said like, uh, you know, take the John Muir trail, uh, you know, and it's like the, the, the cart's got to be behind the horse. Uh, you know, that's, I don't know. It's just fucked up. Uh, you know, there is no amateur circuit, so there is no pro circuit. There's no such thing as a pro sir skateboarder because there's no such thing as an amateur skateboarder. Anybody with a few dollars can walk into skateboarding and claim anything and do anything, which is part of its beauty and it's part of its undoing. Uh, you know, so like at the end of the day, you know, all the money swirling around and the, you know, the 20 odd minutes or whatever that it's going to be on, that it's going to be televised and somebody's going to hold a, an Olympic medal above their head. Like it's all just a big jerk fest. It's just, you know, it's beating off without coming is what it is. Or shotgunning a near beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, like you just don't get like it's, it's not what it's about. It's like, at the end of the day, this thing's a toy. You know, it's a toy for children to play with. And as long as the kids continue to play with it and they continue to be creative and make it their own, then skateboarding is going to be fine. And the rest of us that are stuck, at, you know, trying to stay at the party, so to speak, and make a buck off of it and and package it and repackage it and, you know, and offer it up to these, these kids that are coming into it, um, you know, it's incumbent upon us to, like... I don't know, be cool about it and maybe nurture it. And, you know, the, the easy, softer way is to to package it up and present it as something brand new. Uh, you know, and it's not brand new. It's not brand new at all. Uh, you know, a lot of people have gotten involved in this. They've, they've bled. They've pushed it forward. They've died. They've gone to prison. They've done all kinds of wacky shit, you know. Um you know, sometimes skateboarding is enough. The story is enough. You don't have to create. You don't have to, like, whitewash over and, and you know, sit there and pen your narrative. Skateboarding is skateboarding, whatever. Like, 
leave it alone. Tell the story of it. Uh, you know, contribute to it rather than push your agenda. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of agendas being pushed around. And it's it's a strange time. You know, it's a really strange time. And so it's kind of interesting to still be around and watching and seeing what it's doing. But they're basically taking performance art and they are trying to stuff it into the, the category, the box of sport. And good luck with that. You know, the gate the gate's going to open up and we're going to fall out on our face, dick in the dirt, just like they thought snowboarding had a rocky start. Where do they get a load of us? Uh, you know? So, um, does that answer a, Yeah, no, that was good. That was, that was good. That answered a few for us. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> no, because it is. It has changed. And I feel like, I mean, you've been around for, you've been involved in skateboarding for four decades. Yeah. I mean, you know, 80s, 90s, 2010s, and this, whatever we call this one, the 20, 20, 2000s, uh, the yeah, 2010s. And you're good at math, aren't you? No, I can't. <laughs> I have been skating for 44 years, something like that. So. Um, first board, first setup. My first setup was a lot. Well, I had a bunch of no name, like clay wheeled boards and stuff like that. Kobe or just no I, name? Okay. I have absolutely no idea. They were hand-me-downs, so they were they were super super thrashed. And then I got a California Comet with um, with Cadillac wheels, and then my first real set, you know, and it, and it was fiberglass. So of course I kicked it into a bunch of curbs like kids do, and then got fiberglass all over me, which sucks when you're a little kid. Your hands, yeah. My hands, my chest, all over me, you know, and. Um, you know, you get fiberglass, you sweat and you get fiberglass on you. It's a misery. So, you know, I go running to my mom crying. And so like, you know, a couple of weeks later or whatever, I got a uh, Simslani Toft was my first real skateboard. And, um, and yeah, and I, I just, I never looked back. Like it was, I was cooked. First but, trick. And I've been doing it ever since. My first trick. Stand, that you were like. <sighs> standing up. Okay. I love uh, it. Uh, you know, like, like everybody, you know, I was really into G.I. Joe's and I had a G.I. Joe mobile command unit. So I used to sit in the command unit and bomb down the hill in Eagle Rock that I lived on. And the hill, the cul-de-sac that I lived on, it dead ended into a really, really, um, you know, populated street. You know, the cars went real fast up and down it and there were a lot of them, La Loma. And, um, and my, it just terrified my mom. And so my mom went out and got me a skateboard and, you know, we you sat on that and you, you played with it like all little kids do. It's another toy to play with. Put my G.I. Joe's on it, whatever. And uh, and then my, my cousin Greg came to town from Wyoming and he's like one of those original jackass type, type dudes, you know, like, you know, I, I jumped my, my snowmobile into the the gravel quarry in the middle of winter and crashed it through the ice and lived like he's one of those dudes, mm -hmm. you, you know? And, um, and he was like, Oh, you, you don't sit on those things. You stand up on them. And so, you know, he could stand up and go down the hill and then he stopped taught me how to stand up on it. And it was just a revelation. Like, Oh, you stand up on them. Five, six years old. Yeah. <laughs> five years old. I think I got my first board at like four okay. actually. So, um, but yeah, it's, five, six years old, I learned to stand up on it. And by the time I was seven, seven, eight years old, I was just fully all about it. 
yeah, you know, like that's what I want to do. That's all I want to do. That's all I think about, uh, you know, that and my Star Wars figures. <laughs> so G.I. Joe was gone and you're filled. Now you had shifted like, to Star like Wars. anybody <laughs> wants to listen to this bullshit. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it? you know, so yeah, whatever. Just play with your Star Wars figures and go to the skateboard park. Like what, that was, you know, we were Groms. We were like little Groms back then. And, um, you know, we were the, it, it was it was a much different, it was a much different time. You know, it, it's the the way that we were treated and the way that we came up you know were nurtured or whatever was much different than the way the kids are nurtured now you'd be put in jail if you tried to pull any of the stunts that were pulled on us you know today it, like you'd straight up you'd be handcuffed and thrown in the back of a car well we, we drove around in the back of pickups though and the, no seatbelts and parents my parents drive drove and drank we you know we'd go cross-country family trips and they'd have a big gallo or a big thing of wine you know drinking yeah. the whole drive i was they, trying to figure out yesterday how old you have to be like what's the rule to put your kid in the front seat it's a it's a weight thing now i think that's what somebody was saying but i still don't know the way to have to google it or something and they they upped it my niece only i only know because my niece my sister she was ready to get out of the booster and they shifted the law and so she had to stay in it because it became a pound thing yeah, so, you know, I wanted to take my kid on a road trip, you know. It's like, oh, let's go. We'll camp and we'll skate and we'll just go where the day takes us. And um, But it kind of sucks because he's, he's little and he's got to sit in the back seat, you know. And the whole trip, he's back there and I'm up front. And it would be cool if he could sit up front, but he can't sit up front. Yeah. But then if I went out and I bought some shitty old truck, you know, he could sit on the bench seat with me. And again, who cares about it? Yeah, this is kind of cool. <laughs> well, and you know, let's let's keep on that on that vein of or that topic right now because Father's Day is sun, you know, is going to be this Sunday. It Happy is. Father's Day to you. Oh, shit. Um, and Oliver just celebrated a birthday um, a few weeks ago, and actually, I think we have the very close same birthdays. Mine's the twenty fifth of May, and it I know is. I invited Lizzie to come and skate um, for my barbecue. We had a dual one with Tony Mag, and I had a dual birthday skate session and barbecue, right. and she was going to yours. So, yeah. uh, so what day is um, Oliver's birthday? His, his is the 18th. Okay, okay. Yeah. So he's okay. So he's a little bit later. Yeah, okay, earlier. I think we uh, we had to push it push it back or something. There was uh, you know okay. scheduling conflicts and all that. It, it, he didn't have his birthday on the actual birthday. He still had a rad party. Got to elongate the party, the birthday. Yes, we did. We ended up doing white trash um, driveway birthday party. It was pretty for. It was pretty good. I threw a couple of mattresses out on the front lawn and went bounce house. You know, it was one of those. Days. Oh, rad! Yeah, the neighbors weren't too impressed, but um, <laughs> the kids had fun. We got a bunch of balloons and BB guns, and and we were like shooting range. And you know, a bunch of the parents stood up and grabbed their kids and started heading for the door. Taking back, hey, we're gonna leave now. But um, it was good. Yeah, we we shot BB guns and you know. Kept no animals were harmed, though. Kept the kids busy. No, lots, <laughs> lots, lots of balloons got popped, and I got shot. I lined up against the fence and let all the kids take pop shots at me. They were pretty stoked on that. So, yeah, it was a good day. It was a lot of work. Yeah, impressive. I'm impressed, Jeff. So, um, and that cake looked amazing. Yeah, dad duties. Uh, Lucero helped me with that. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, John, John, uh, John whipped that thing up. It's, it's tri yeah, social media. Everybody knows everything. It's like, I know what you had for breakfast yesterday. 
I yeah. know, it's a little yeah. creepy sometimes. It's a lot creepy. <laughs> it's, it's a sickness is what it is. But, um, yeah, so happy birthday to you and Tony. Oh, That's thanks. awesome. Yeah. Well, no, and a lot, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of Geminis, Lance too, Lance is coming up. And I mean, there's a lot of crazy Geminis in skateboarding. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I, know, I, I only know because I'm born in that area and we're kind of... Yeah, Oliver and I are both Tauruses. I think he's at the cutoff or something like that. Okay. We're bulls, whatever that means. We're stubborn or something. Okay, yeah, no, and I don't follow it like... Oh, but anyways, yeah. um, but I do know I'm, I'm crazy. So and I think that's part of being a Gemini. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe. Fatherhood, though, what does fatherhood mean to you? Responsibility. It's just responsibility. It's not about me anymore, right? Like, you have this little life that's totally dependent upon you. And you have to do the best to the best of your ability or whatever to care for and love and nurture, uh, you know, your, your kid. It's, and it's frustrating and, and maddening and joyful and elating and all kinds and everything in between and there's no book with it you don't ever know if you're doing it correctly or you know if you're screwing them up or by the time you get into some sort of groove with them they change and they they become somebody totally different and it's just uh it's just chaos it's just utter chaos it's it's really neat you know but it's um it's a lot of responsibility you know do you have a little of understanding now of your mom with the G.I. Joe, you know, going bombing the hill with your G.I. Joe kit, like versus, oh, you know, how the perspective your mom and dad had? For sure. It, yeah. Well, yeah, I realized what a shithead I was to my, my mother, right? you know. I mean, I've been a train wreck of a human being the majority of my life. So, you know, my mom had many sleepless nights just waiting for the phone to ring. You know, to hear that her that I was gone or something, which is just a horrible, horrible thing to do to somebody you love. You know, but that's what I did, and that's what I got to own and try to make up for on the back end, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a it's a trip. You worry a lot about nothing. You know, you just worry for no reason, and you have to keep that in check. At, you know, and try to remain positive and and all this weird stuff. So yeah. it's it's weird. All the people in the back. Yeah, there's a, people are raging. Uh, I don't know what they're doing, um, but but you can pick them up. Raging outside. Really good microphones. Really yeah, good microphones. Really good microphones are picking them up. Um, sadly. It's so, right. anyways, just, we gave them the heads up, like, they're finally going to be quiet, but they've been yeah. partying over there. We were talking about a birthday party, or maybe that's what yeah. kind of resonated, or maybe not. Yeah, I don't so. have some flowery, uh, you know, I, I really, I've really struggled with fatherhood. Uh, you know, I did not like it in the beginning. I wish there was a door I could run out that said, you know, asshole free exit. Uh, you know, it was just, um, it was more than... Uh, than I bargained for, I guess. I, I just really didn't know what I was getting into at first. And so I really struggled with it for the first couple of years. And then slowly but surely, you know, Oliver just kind of, you know, he just kind of grew up. He kind of grew on me and I, I kind of fell into, um, I fell into the role. 
but you know, kind of ask backwards. Well, yeah. I mean, he's this is freaking me. you out, these guys. Yeah, I'm pissed. I'm <laughs> pissed. I'm I'm not happy. Um, no, I just it's I don't want you to. I just. I mean, don't you can step out. And I was going to be quiet. <laughs> no, I was thinking about it. Actually, you might ask Cole to do that. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, if you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Jeff Grasso. And we've got like a party going outside uh, in the other studio um, that people are just kind of partying out there, I guess. So anyways, um, let's get back to Jeff, not the party. We all want, we would do what we want to go to a party though, always. Um, first, well, we're going to shift gears. Uh, no, Jeff's going to actually go out and ask them to be quiet. Well, it's freaking you out. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, um, so we are broadcasting live here at Dash Radio. Um, a few years ago, I know Naraco asked you a couple, you know, he did a bio for you for Vans um, on the book, and you said you were reading Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love. I was going to ask you what you're reading now. <laughs> I think Naratko made that up. <laughs> really? I had no yeah, idea. <laughs> I, I never read Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> I didn't think so. Anyways, I was dying with that. Um, but now, Veriflex, um, first ad? Can I assume that? Was that your first ad? Veriflex? The Veriflex ad in 83. Yes. Okay. First sponsor, first advertisements, yeah. What was it like seeing that in the magazine? It was neat. It was really neat. I mean, it was a long time ago. Um, you know, we shot, we shot for it. You know, it wasn't a surprise. Like, you know, I knew it was coming and it was kind of like a, a, a you know, we have arrived moment, uh, you know, we, we came up with Steve Caballero and we came up with Chris Miller and, and Tony Hawk and, you know, all these big names, you know, we were the little kids right behind them. So they were, they were super inspiring to my friend, Eric Nash and I, who, who grew up together skateboarding and we were in Arcadia. Yeah. We lived in the same town, went to the same school, you know, thick as thieves we were little skate buddies. And we were the only two, you know, skateboarders in town, our age. And, um, you know, most of the people, you know, the older kids had dropped off and had gotten into other things, girls, weed, bikes, gangs, punk rock, whatever. And so, uh, you know, seeing Stevie and seeing Chris um, get photos in the mag, Christian Osoy is another one, you know, they're, they're all little, they're, you know, our age. So we could relate. It was like, well, they can do it. We can do it too, you know. So a few years later... Um, to be able to uh, actually get in an advertise, you know, to get sponsored and, and to be in an advertisement and stuff. Um, it was kind of a, you know, like one of the Me Too moments. Like, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm there. I've arrived. I'm, you know, I'm doing this. They didn't, you know, at the time, I don't think we were too busy being skateboarders. We are too busy skating to, to really give it much thought. Like, it was just something cool. It was like, oh, logical next step. This is cool. Hey, I got in the mag. You know, yeah. I, mean, I got a photo in Thrasher of just my face and Eric got his first photo was an actual skate shot. Uh -huh. And, uh, but my, my first photo was just a picture of my face put into a television set and I was smiling all silly. And, um, you know, I was like, I got in Thrasher first. And Eric's like, doesn't count. You weren't skating. And, you know, and we'd argue like, little 10 year old kids would, you know? And then of course he got a photo 
skating and then I was all crushed. And, um, you know, we were just really, really competitive little Grom kids, uh, you know. Yeah, and you guys met when you, because, okay, we'll backtrack, because, I mean, I think, I'm assuming everyone's, or most people have listened to the Nines Club interview with you. So, Eagle Rock, until you're about five, then you went to Vegas for about a year, and then you came back and you moved to Arcadia? Is that, did yeah. I get the timeline correct? Something like that, yeah. Something like that? And um, then you kind of, you and Eric You'd probably friends. know better. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying, you know, you and Eric kind of became friends. At, I went to school my first day, and they send you to home homeroom class, and mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the new kid in school, and, and nervous and scared and all that and this this tall lanky kid walks up to me wearing a sim snake shirt with a broken wrist and he's like you skate and i was like yeah because i had vans on or something and i'm like oh you skate too did it you know and and then we lied to each other about how good we were you know we were both pro and we'd both skated everywhere and and then um eric's dad took us down to go skate skatetopia in buena park Mm-hmm. And we quickly learned how much both of us sucked, <laughs> you know, and luckily we both sucked equally. Uh, you know, we were both just about as good as one another, uh, you know, which was beginning. And um, so, you know, we were instant pals and we acted accordingly. Uh, you know, it wasn't a popular thing to do to be a skateboarder and then to get into punk rock and, and that kind of thing. It was a really, really frowned upon, you know, you get stuffed in a lot of trash cans, you got beat up on, you get spit on, uh, you know, it was, so it kind of, you know, gave you this, it, it kind of gave you this attitude, it, you know, it's like, oh, I got something that nobody else has got, which makes it really special. It makes me better than everybody else. Like fuck them, uh, you know? And then on the flip side of the coin, it's like, oh, you know, nobody likes me. Did it. Does, so you kind of have low self-esteem at the same time you know you have this huge ego and super low self-esteem so it you know it was a it was a recipe for disaster is what it was what it was but um it was fun it was really cool you know i wouldn't trade it for the world now if you hadn't picked up a skateboard where would you be right now yeah dead like that's dead you know um the people that are drawn to skateboarding, you know, the, the, the psychological makeup of them, you know, first and foremost, you're adrenaline junkies. So you're predisposed to being for addictive behavior. You know, there's a lot of obsessive compulsive ADHD type behavior that goes into the type of individual that will hit his head, you know, throw his body or her body against the ground repetitively and get back for up. 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 times just to make something once. You know, and to get and to get that feeling of accomplishment or that 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 rush out of it, you know, and um, you know, and it, so it's a healthy thing. Skateboarding's a healthy thing for those types of individuals, that you know, but those individuals are predisposed to, you know, I mean, once you find out that you can chop up a line of cocaine and get the exact same feeling sitting on a couch that you can from jumping a ten stair or doing a six seven foot back stair anything like that, um, you're fucked, at, you know? And a lot of, a lot of skateboarders end up having to, to contend with that. At, you know, a lot of individuals end up, you know, partying becomes part of this because of the, the rock star, you know, personality nature of the whole thing. At, you know, it's like, it's, it's performance art. You know, every, 
every aspect of the skater's personality is poured over by people and fans and sponsors and yada, 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 you know, and you can sit there and say like, you know, oh, we're hardcore, I don't care. I just skate. I don't even know the name of tricks and all that kind of BS. And those people are rad too. And they're out there and, and people are watching, you know, and, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I lost my train of thought, but you're it. There's, there's a certain makeup and, you know, I'm sure some psychologist somewhere could write a hell of a paper, <laughs> you know, on what a, basket case of a little society we are uh, you know because it shifted though now do you think that's same true now because it's so it's become the new soccer you know we kind of broached a little bit with the the olympics and it's it's this whole it's a different it it, there's still those kids there's still that personality i think there's still that that is drawn to it but now it's so big i think there's a larger well now what you see in skateboarding is there are skateboarders and there are people who skateboard and those are two very different creatures, you know? And there are people who skateboard who are really, really good at it and make lots of money, and they're not skateboarders. They will parlay it into and walk away from, uh, you know? And then there are the skateboarders who have to do it. It's part of who they are. They they, they don't want anything else. They're not looking for anything else, and they will chase it until they can't chase it anymore. You know, and that's part of the co-opting of it all. And it's like, oh, we're bringing more people into it. We're bringing more people into it, which which means we can sell more stuff and, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily good. The, the, the cool thing, you know, in my day, the thing that I think needs to be nurtured was, you know, you had sports over here. You had whatever fucking, uh, you know, water polo and, and softball and flag football and, and, and the, you know, volleyball and all the myriads of balls <laughs> the myriad of balls well and you got some big balls, balls. <laughs> he likes that word <laughs> um so you know like that was all over here and like none of that stuff spoke to me and then you know and then i find a skateboard and that spoke to me you know team sports and that kind of thing there's nothing wrong with them basketball rules uh, you know, whatever, racquetball's cool. Like, whatever you want to do, it, it, knock yourself out. Like, I think golf is kind of elitist, but whatever. <laughs> it's a huge waste of water. But, like, okay, cool. Um, fuck it, you know. That was, you know, it, it was the antithesis to that, it, you know. And so now you you have all these skateboarders that have kind of taken over the industry and, you know, and spearhead it now or whatever. And what brought us to it and what was so attractive to us is kind of getting, you know, kind of, I don't know, not washed away, but, you know, whitewashed at least a little bit. Um, you know, I think that should be nurtured, that it's, it's, the, it's the alternative to this other stuff rather than mold it and push it and, and put it with all that other stuff, you know? So, yeah, you do see a lot of, um, you know, a lot of new new blood and, you know, a new era of skater out there. Um, and uh, it is it is what it is. I mean, what can be done, you know? It's just part of th- this thing's getting older, you know, and things are changing. And there's a skate park in every city and every town and every, you know, 
like whatever you can go around the world and just go ride skate parks but you know throw a dart at a map and there's probably a skate park somewhere nearby yeah. uh, you know and so because that's happening uh, you know um you know that's going to affect the type of you know the type of people coming to it and that are playing with it and how it's going to be viewed it's no longer outlaw it's no longer counterculture it's no longer it's been co-opted in and accepted you know and we can all sit and lament and be very nostalgic for and da 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 and if you were there then great you got to enjoy it and if you weren't then uh, you know I don't know, you weren't. You can look back and think it was cool or whatever, or you can think, oh, it totally sucked. Who gives a shit? Fuck it. I'm here now doing it, uh, you know, which a lot of people do. They yeah. don't They don't care, uh, you know, and that's fine. Uh, you know, I didn't give a shit when I was a kid. You know, tell me about Tony Alba. I don't give a fuck about Tony Alba when I was 15. I cared about Neil Blender and Lance Mountain and, and, and the people that I thought were spearheading the project, you know, like... Um, that was short-sighted, you know, on my 15-year-old brain. Um, because TA, you know, ground zero, right? Uh, but little kids don't give a shit. Little kids are too busy out living, uh, you know? They're too busy out playing grab-ass with their buddies and, and going through puberty and tripping out, like, and just, you know. The one thing that stays intact is kind of the rebellion of it and that in the... Um, the creativity aspect, you know, of a child playing with a toy and what can be done with it, uh, you know. I mean, I have kids walk up to me today and, you know, and do a frontside boneless one and they go, look what I made up. What's this called? Does this exist? And it's like, yeah, that's a frontside boneless one, <laughs> you know. And it's like, oh, damn, I thought I made something up. And it's like, well, you know what you did? Because you didn't know, yeah. that, you know. You didn't know that Gary Scott Davis did that in 1983 and was on the cover and then Steve Caballero took it to Vert and, you know, all this blah, 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 you know, all this vomit about the history of, uh, you know. Um, and that makes, that's kind of cool. You know, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, yeah, you did make it up. You don't get to rename it or anything. But, you know, I guess you can, whatever. They do it a lot, like, you know. It's it's trip it's trip out there, man. It's weird. It's what it is. Now, um, you know, there, God, there were so many different things that you, when you just were speaking at, that, that I thought of. And first, first for me is one thing that I it, it's kind of sad, I think, and I'm also grateful for it. But is that kids today don't have like you wanted like when I was skating. I wanted to skate, I had to help build the ramp. If I wanted to escape that ramp, I had to go and help. I had to like bring wood, I had to bring PVC piping, I had to sweep, I had to dig, I had to do whatever I could do, put nails in it so I could skate it. Now it's so readily available. You know, it's kind of like going to 7-Eleven. It's a convenient, it's convenient now. People can go and skate, like you were saying, they can throw a dart on a map and go skate a skate park in that city. Well, yes. You can skate like skateboarding's dead air. Skateboarding is uh, the the fantastic thing about it is you can get in on it on that level and you can go yeah okay 
um, you know, mom and dad introduced me to it or however, you know, little Johnny hot pants gets introduced to it and goes to the little skateboard park and blah, 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 blah. And it's just all very generic. Right. And then if little Johnny hot pants really gets into it, it you know, then you can kind of get into the underground of it, you know, and you know, back then or whatever, it was dead. There was no money in it. Nobody gave a shit about it. It was a very unpopular thing to be, you know, um, to the point that you were, you know, it was threatening to your, to your physical, your physicality, like whatever, the, you know, people are going to beat you up for it, you know? So you had to do everything yourself, you know, it, it, skate parks went away. Let's build ramps. Uh, you know, and you got together with your friends and you stole wood, and you cajoled your parents to loan you land or money or whatever. You did it yourself. You made your scene happen, uh, you know. And so you can skateboard on that level now where where it's just kind of laid out for you. And, you know, you go over to Zoomies and you buy your board. And, and once a year we all run off to the 100K and it's, it's just disgusting, right? Like... <laughs> You know, and, and here's the little skateboard track and you go over there and you weave through all the scooter kids and, and you get yelled at by parents because you asked to ride the quarter pipe that they were sitting having lunch on and, and whatever, you know. And then in that same city, you will meet the actual crew, right? The people that do it for real. And, you know, they've got a spot somewhere that they're working on and you can get involved. It just depends on, on how... How, uh, how, how much, how, how, in, how into it are you, you know, and how um, inquisitive are you, you know, how much do you question, how much do you look around, like, you know, the great thing, one of the great things about this whole thing is it's an, it's a navigation tool for life. Like you walk out your front door, you put it down and you weave along through the cars and pedestrians and all this bullshit and, and you cherry pick. The things that, you know, skaters always get on to things, you know, two years prior to everybody else. That's why we influence fashion and music and all these zany things, right? Like, because, you know, our ears and our eyes and our noses and, you know, all of it are to the ground. Like, we're out on the ground and we're weaving through it all, you know. And um, so, you know, if... If you get into it and you're stoked, like you can, you can give, get, re, you can dig real deep and, and, and really find your people, uh, you know, I mean, that's what happened to me. It saved my life, you know, otherwise I just would have been a statistic. Like it, you know, it was like, oh, there's other people out there like me. Uh, and, and it goes beyond just, you know, the ASPO contest at, at the skateboard, con you know, at the skateboard park. You know, or the castle, you know, California Amateur Skateboard League, which was great. It was it was fantastic. It helped form who I was, but it's what I did outside of all of that. It's what I did with all, you know, it's, it was making friends. It was, you know, it was being a part of building ramps and, and just doing it ourselves. You know, um, that's where the magic lies. And that's that's going on everywhere. You know, the underground is alive and well. Uh, you know, um, I mean, it's silly to even call it the underground or whatever, but yeah, you know, that, that side of skateboarding is, it's flourishing, uh, you know, it's a lot dark, it's a lot darker, uh, you know, where, you, you know, mom and pop might not be so stoked to go live, leave little Johnny hot pants <laughs> with those people, but, 
um, you know, that's for, that's for the kid to kind of, you know, and it depends on on where you are, like whatever they use skateboarding, like the native Americans are just fucked, right? They're just fucked. And they've tried everything to get these kids that they've got this fucking massive suicide rate, you know, out on the reservations and stuff. So they try to do everything to get these kids to stop killing themselves and get through school. And nothing's worked. You, you know, they've tried all the traditional sports and da, 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 and none of it's worked. And then all of a sudden somebody fucking walks out and hands them a skateboard and makes a little skateboard pro- program. And so where these, where these skateboard programs exist, you know, on, on these reservations and stuff, the kids are starting to do better and they're not killing themselves. And they're, you know, because of all of the drugs and the, and just all the shitty fucking situation that the native Americans live in and what we've done and what's happening on reservations around the United States. So they, they all coalesce once a year in Albuquerque, New Mexico and get together and, and talk about the state of the nation. And so you see lots of skateboard parks being built, uh, you know, on reservations, uh, you know, and you see people like Jeff Ahmet fucking, and, and, you know, wounded knee skateboarders, Jim Murphy and those Jim Murphy, guys are, yeah, are, are true. Yeah, in these in on all these gentlemen that are trying to pitch in and and help them because this is what's helping those kids, at, you know, because this is what there's just something about like being able to do it yourself and it, it's just you and it and what can I accomplish with this thing, and it's and you get a huge like rush of satisfaction when you're able to overcome and learn something on it, at, you know, <laughs> you go through a lot of pain to do it. So, ah, cramp. Um, so, like, that's the best example, you know, the best example I can give of it, uh, you know. Um, it's just amazing, uh, you know, like, they, whatever. And, and so, you know, they've taken that and they've run with that and they have these skate programs in Ethiopia and Skatistan and uh, India and, 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 <clears throat> India and so on and so forth. It, it, it starts to go really, really deep with what, you know, you know, Christian outreach programs and all this kind of stuff, like what, what you can do with it because the kids respond to it. And, um, and so that's nice. That's optimistic. That's hopeful that it it helps on some level. Well, it's, you you mentioned it saved your life and it also impacts our community. Um, you mentioned it saved your life. It saved my life. What, um, it also almost killed me. (laughs) <laughs> That's a different yeah, well, story. Well, no, and, and you know, I mean, physically and on a few different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to intervene, though, with a quote from, because skateboarding also for me has brought my life, my friends, my my crew. Um, and I got a couple quotes from some of yours. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is your life. No, um Jeff Grosso and I have been through some of the most precarious and dangerous situations with and without each other when it comes to drugs. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. We are walking miracles. For us to be skateboarding together at 50 years old, traveling the world for an amazing company called Vans, and being involved in the industry, entering contests and participating and being ambassadors for this thing that we called, that we love called skateboarding is truly amazing and I am blessed that we have been friends through it all. I love you, Grossman. Christian Hasoy. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds uh, like a Hasoy quote. <laughs> you got to touch all the bases. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah, Christian and I go way back. And we spend a lot of, we, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to, life is just tough, man. It's a rough fucking game to try to navigate it, you, you know? And, and, um, you know, we all come out crying and screaming and it's a, it's a, it's rough. It's hard with all of its, you know, ups and its downs and it's, um, you know, in the professional skateboard gig, you know, when you, you languish that kind of money and that kind of adulation on a child, you know, and then strip it away from them overnight, you know, you, you got a recipe for disaster. So, you know, yeah, Christian's seen me at my highest heights and my lowest lows. And, and I've seen the same of him. His highs were a little bit higher and his lows were... <laughs> Not quite as low as mine, I don't think, but it's not a contest, like whatever. Um, you know, it's, it, it, yeah. Becoming young men and accepting, you know, your fate and all that kind of stuff and having to deal with responsibility. We all abhor responsibility. We're all just trying to play Peter Pan. That's all we are. <laughs> uh, you know, we just don't, I don't want to fucking grow up. The descendants, right? I don't want to grow up. Like, um, so, the Godfathers of emo. Um, That's good. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna chime in then, because I've got a couple more to throw at you. Salute to this Boone's farm raised athletic marvel that has flown the highs and grinded out the lows of skateboarding. Staying on a skateboard is only half the battle. Jeff Grosso rides life. John Cardiel. <laughs> Radical. <laughs> That's rad. I was like, I got stuck on Boone's farm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If uh, Dave Duncan is the voice of skateboarding, Grosso certainly is the mouth of skateboarding. Steve Olson. Oh, sweet. You and mean you mean that voice comes out of my mouth? That sucks. <laughs> no, no, no. He said if Dave... <laughs> uh, Jeff Grosso wears his heart on his sleeve, an individual who is so passionate about skateboarding and has no problem telling you how he feels about it. Love him. The dude rips. Stevie Cab. Nice. And it's all uh, very sweet. Yeah. Some of my contemporaries, my friends. That's nice to hear. Yeah. I always kind of nice to, to share that with my guests. Um, that's it's cool. always nice that, you know, people kind of help out with that. You know, and then, uh, you know, I wanted, there's so many different things, and we've, we're running about, we've got about 12 minutes. Um, but I do want your graphics. Okay. John did your first. John worked on your, like artistically on your first. John John did my baby doll for Schmidt sticks back in 1986, and it was a, it was a, um, it was basically making fun of me because I was I was a brat, you know. I I was I was very arrogant, you know. I thought my shit didn't stink, and um, and so my friends were trying to keep me in check, you know. And so they started calling me a brat. You're a brat. Shut up, fucking little brat, you know. And so he made me this bratty little baby doll that was dro dropping a block, destroying the rest of the blocks, right? Like, mm -hmm. and um, and instead of it, you know, putting me in check or whatever, it was just like, fuck yeah, of course, yeah, you know. And I I rolled with it. So, um, we're gonna gonna play something here. It's not from John. I didn't hear back from John. Um, but you know, you were Veriflex to um, Powell. 
for a year to no. Or wait, wait, Veriflex, Veriflex, Santa, Santa, Santa Cruz, Powell, Santa Cruz, then Santa Cruz again. No wait, Veriflex. Okay, this is how it goes. Veriflex <clears throat> to Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz to Powell, Powell to Schmidtsticks, Schmidtsticks back to Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz to Lucero, so, and then to Lucero, Lucero to Antairo. Okay, all right. That's it. And I was trying to get that out, but I got um I got a little something here from you. I'm gonna Paul. So, here we go. We're waiting. Uh, Cole's going to play this for us. Hey, this is Todd Francis. Oh, no, Todd this Francis is Todd Francis. Here. And, um, well, we got Todd Francis in there. We got to get him in there as well because we want to talk about quickly about this other graphic. Um, or I can share it with you later as well. So here we go, you, a little bit. You Graphics my are, interest. I, <laughs> this is Paul Schmidt. I'm share a little history about Jeff Grosso. I met Jeff Grosso oh, at Whittier Skate Park in 82, uh, around the Christmas Classic, and he was a rad am, starting to climb the ranks. By the time I moved to California in early 85, him and Lucero saw my busted down U-Haul at Del Mar Skate Park, and they were like, well, we're going to ride for Schmidt's because... Jeff was already cutting down Schmidtstick's boards and riding them and putting other graphics on them because they were pretty progressive in that era. And uh, by November, December, they came to me and said, we want to ride for Schmidtstick's. And I was like, whoa, no way. Lucero, you're established. And Grasso, you're a rad am, man. And Grasso's like, yeah, I'm ready to be pro right now. I'm not waiting. And basically, turned him pro for Schmidtstick's. Had an amazing graphic. Lucero did the graphics. They were super cool. Lucero's graphics were super cool. Lucero started to do advertising and marketing for Schmistics and help run things. And uh, we had an amazing run going at it. I built up a factory. It was working and going. And then six months later, Grasso said, later, I'm off to Santa Cruz. Whoops. <laughs> well, no, but, but that six months was so impactful because that board... You know, as you mentioned, John did this sort of as a mock on you as a child, essentially. Um, but that board is is iconic. I, I like it. It's my favorite one. I mean, you know, it's my first one. So, yeah. Um, you know, like I said earlier in the, the interview, you, you know, you 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 pluck a uh, you pluck a teen out of obscurity and then ask him to start playing. You know and ask him to grow up really fast and start making business decisions. And, you know, um, I, didn't, I, I didn't, I was a kid. I didn't have a lot of guidance. I, you know, I wouldn't allow anybody to give me any guidance because I knew everything. I know, I know, I know, right? That's all, all that came out of me. I know, I know, fuck you, I know. And if you, and if you pushed me too hard, then I would just run away. Fuck you, I know, uh, you know. And so um, that set me up for, uh, you know, for having a really, you know, having a really, really rough haul of it. Like, you know, everything I've ever learned has been by fucking off and blowing it. Uh, you know, it's like, you couldn't, you couldn't tell me like, Hey, you, you know, don't touch that. It's hot. I'm the kid that touches it. And then I touch it again. And then I touch it a third time. And then I wonder why my hands burnt. And then I blame everybody else. Uh, you know, that's, but you haven't. You've shifted that now. Well, I mean, I, I learned mean, the same you, way. I bash my head into the wall, and yeah. I bash my head into the wall, and then I do it again, and I do it again, and yeah. I do it again. It's it's um, you know, I guess it's 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 the only way some of us learn. 
Yeah. Okay. So we got about, we got five minutes. So I've, I'm going to share, you know, I I reached out to Todd because I think having a board is really special, getting a pro model, having a board and then having a hand in designing or who or an idea and an artist you want to work with. And that's what happened with Anna Hero with a special series that you did. Well, it's not a series, but it's a, a few different graphics you have done with Todd Francis. Um, and he kind of brought up one of them um, was, I don't know how to say this politically correct. <laughs> I don't think you can. I, know. I don't I mean, know what you're talking about, but I'm know, sure you can't. Um, you know, but I mean, but having a vision, like John had a vision on this board for you, your first board that you actually had a vision on um, and wanting to create, what was that like for you? Oh, I mean, whatever, you have this neat little platform in which to kind of espouse your whatever, whatever you want to communicate, you know, you have this, it's like I said, skateboarders are performance artists. Everything we do is up for, you know, speculation. So, uh, you know, you put your, you endorse products, you put your name on things and, you know, they come with little pictures on it and you can get involved with that or you can't, you know, you can have somebody else do it and not even give a shit on what's on the bottom of your board, which a lot of guys do. I tend to be old school and I like to, you know, I'd like to espouse my beliefs and stuff or whatever, or, or make little comments, little satirical comments on things that I see in skateboarding society and society at large or whatever, just little notations, ideas to make people think. Critical thinking is, you know, almost extinct. You know, you have to just line up and, and, you know, the thought police are out there and you can be easily undone. And, you know, because no one's allowed to make human mistakes or errors or learn anymore. Um, you're just supposed to know everything and everything's wonderful and everything's awesome and it's Lego life. And that's not reality. You know, life is hard. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to fuck up more often than you're going to succeed. And that's what makes success so fucking great. You know, and you got to be able to to try to read the uh, read the signs as you go along, you know. But so, yeah, I like to I like to do wacky graphics. I work really closely with Christian Cooper. Todd's done some stuff with me. Christian Cooper does the bulk of all my yeah. really, really hardcore stuff. Um, uh, you know, and, and we just we just basically telling inside jokes to one another. Uh, you know, and if anybody else out there gets it, then great. It, you know, people have a tendency to put their own, you know, put their own meaning to it. Uh, you know, like whatever. The first, in answer to your question, the first graphic I did was the heaven and hell board for Santa Cruz. You, you know, and I was starting to do drugs and, you know, and people were like, will he make it or will he not? Will he be a flash in the pan? You know, and so we did this whole disposable heroes type thing behind it. You know, it was 1985 and 86 when Metallica was coming up and they had that tune and it seemed to fit with what was going on because the skateboarder gets hurt. You throw that one aside, you get a new one. You know, we're disposable heroes, like whatever. It's just the way it's always been. Oh, you blew, you blew your knee out. Like we don't even give you health insurance. We don't care. Next. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, so um, what do you got here? What are you doing? Well, I know what I have here running out of, running out of time, he's time going three but minutes, he's minutes. got, 
We, um, you're, I know you don't have your, a personalized guitar. <laughs> Radical. <laughs> so it didn't turn out quite as I had hoped, but, uh, <clears throat> there we go. Oh, there we go. We just did a story on it. So, but, um, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah. And I'll, I'll I want also, you know, and I have on there is it, love letters to skateboarding is phenomenal. You're entering the ninth season. We don't even have time to go into that. I encourage you guys, if you're not watching it, which, I mean, I think there's hundreds of thousands of people watching it weekly, but nine, season nine is happening now. Tony's was awesome. Um, there are so many things I, will, I wish I could have. I would love to have you back on. Um, and he's like, I don't know about that, Des. <laughs> no, no, but, you know, and if, yeah, you, know, yeah, if you want to. Make yeah, it, no, because there's so many. There's so much, you know, uh, you've got so much, you know, um, but I want to thank John Lucero. I want to thank um, Todd Francis, Paul Schmidt, um, Christian Hassoy, Stevie Caballero, and Steve Olson for their quotes today, for you for coming in. And last question, and we've got one minute, right? Do we have one minute? We're going to do one minute. So it's got to be under a minute. One thing people most misunderstand about you. One word, two words. That I'm an asshole and that I hate everything. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't think I am an asshole. And I've fucking love skateboarding. I just want it to be portrayed in the very best light that it can for for the non-skateboarding crowd so that they can understand it the way we understand it. And I don't think we portray it in the best light most of the time. We don't showcase it in its best form. And I think it'd be really easy to do that, but we don't for some reason. And so I get tagged with being pessimistic all the time instead of being optimistic and um and i think that's a great that's on me though it's 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 the way i communicate to people that you know i have to learn how to be a better communicator oh you're very you're very well spoken well thank you and that's time and that's time here we go <laughs> the price is right no you guys i uh, thanks so much jeff for coming in you want to follow jeff grosso on Gra grosso sucks uh watch love letters to skateboarding watch him uh the vans park series doing the commentating uh watch him skate at his if you can get into vans um you yeah guys, you can get him <laughs> thanks for so much for tuning in this is the desiree show on dash radio and i'm out you play black